0: Good morning It's nice to be back home which is what I like to call it so thanks for having me and merry belated Christmas I am I'm going to make a bold assumption here uh, there's probably been a lot of talk recently and a lot of celebration focused on Jesus' birth am I right am I, am I close All right. Mama didn't raise no fool. So in in light of that, today I would like to help us focus on the now what after his birth. And I know that a lot of us already already know the now what, and, and we've gone through a series of why's, Why a virgin? Why a Bethlehem manger? And on Friday night, why Jesus? So we've been through the whys. But just like we celebrate Christmas, just like we celebrate Jesus' birth every, every Christmas, once a year, as a reminder of those whys, we can always use reminders of now what's. So I've chosen the gospel of Mark this morning to help us. Now Mark doesn't, interestingly, he doesn't mention Jesus' birth. There's no birth narrative in the Gospel of Mark. For the simple reason that he was was writing to a specific uh, audience for a specific reason. Not that he didn't believe it didn't happen. Not that he didn't know anything about it. But he was writing to a specific audience for a specific reason. To emphasize, that reason was to emphasize that Jesus is who he said he is. And that he came to do what he said he would do. Also, the Gospel of Mark is my favorite of the four Gospels. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. It is uh, because it's, it's one of the things is it's very short. And it's action-packed. Mark himself, the author, Mark, is, uh, was a man of very few words. And I believe God, when he spoke audibly... When he spoke directly to his people, I believe God was a God of very few words. He said, let there be light, and there was light. I'm sure many of the engineers in the room would have a whole entire presentation about how that works, right? But for God, he just simply said, let there be light. God even went silent for 400 years. And at one time, he spoke through a donkey. When he did speak, it was direct, and it was powerful. And I can appreciate this because I grew up with a dad who was a man of very few words. But when he did speak, it was direct, and it was powerful. Happy birthday, Dad. It's his birthday today. Um, my, my grandmother passed away February of this, of this year, 2021, And my dad spoke at the funeral. And as you can imagine, when he spoke, it was direct, it was powerful. And at the end of what he said, there was a round of applause. In all the years of me going to funerals, I've never seen a round of applause after somebody spoke. Pretty powerful. When I was a kid, true story, I was watching TV in my room, and my brother came in. And I don't know if he was messing with me. Um, I, I, but you know how brothers do. You know how siblings like to mess with us, right? So he came in and he said, hey, bro. I said, yeah? Dad wants to speak to you, okay? He said, he wants to have the talk with you. Adults already know what that is. I quickly grew hot, sweaty. I don't know if I passed out. I don't remember. There could have been some back and forth there, like, you're lying, no, I'm serious, I, I don't remember anything. I just remember getting hot and sweaty, standing up and walking toward my dad, who was in the living room at the time, watching TV himself, about 35 to 40 feet away. That was the fastest walk ever, even though I inched my way over there, right? Thinking about, what is he going to say? What should I say? Should I, I don't know, I don't, I don't know what to, how do I, Do I, I don't know how to stand, what, what do I do? So I walk slowly to my father in the living room, and I approach him, and I say, Dad, uh, Johnny said you wanted to talk to me? Turns off the TV, turns to me, yeah, big gulp, and he says, Whenever you want to talk about that, you talk to me. And I was like, in my mind, I didn't want to say, because it was like, hey, you close the deal, be quiet, right? Walk away, it's closed. And I was like, in my mind, I'm like, that's it? Like, is, there, is this a long, awkward pause? Never done this before? I don't know. And I just turned, and I walked away. Best the talk ever. Hands down, I can tell you that. We're going to pause on that, and we'll revisit that later. But first, let let me pray. Father, thank you for this beautiful day. Thank you for bringing us here and for those who are watching, able to watch online. Uh, Thank you for this white snow, Lord, and for those stormtroopers who were trooping early this morning to make this a safe place and a warm place. And ultimately, it is your presence that makes it all come together. In Jesus' name, I pray that you speak to and through me. Amen. Amen. So, Mark was a man of very few words. And we can see it here in this scripture. Other translations of the gospel, and, uh, gospel message, the, the four gospels, Matthew, Luke, and John, they go into a, little, a lot more narration, more detail as to what was going on, uh, uh, so even some theological things, what the context was, what the person was thinking, why they said it, but not Mark. Mark just jumps right in. Verse 9. At that time, Jesus came from Nazareth in Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. Mark is like, look, readers, listeners, we got a whole lot to, to, to get through here. Let's, let's get straight to the action. But at this particular moment, a whole lot was being triggered, a whole lot was being set off. This moment initiated the public ministry of Christ, of Jesus. 100% God, 100% man. Now, to many at that time, too many, Jesus was a man who for the previous 30 years was just a carpenter from the town of Nazareth in in Galilee. To us, in our time, in our context, we read this and we wonder, why? Why did Jesus have to be baptized? To make a long, drawn-out theological explanation short, it was... To show us obedience to God, who required righteousness and devotion and faithfulness. He was baptized to model this and as an example for us to follow, to fulfill a prophecy. Verse 10, moving right along, just as Mark did. Just as Jesus was coming up out of the water, he saw heaven being torn apart. And the Spirit, this is the Holy Spirit, the Spirit descending on him like a dove. He saw heaven being torn open. The Greek word here is schizo. If we were to pronounce it in English, it's schizo, um, which means split. This is where we get the word schizophrenic or schizophrenia, um, and, and, and which means of a split mind. Okay, cool. All right, cool, Javi. You did a cool thing there. Awesome. Again, okay, some brownie points. But this is so significant because it's something that we should not miss. Mark, the author, he's doing something very intentional here. Jesus' baptism, the beginning of his, of his uh, public ministry, is opening, is tearing, is schizoing, okay? Uh, I kind of hobby-fi- hobbyfied it schizoing, splitting up the, uh, the heavens for us. In this instance, Heaven is being split open so that we can see what's about to happen next. And what happens next is the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, descending on Him like a dove. Verse 11, moving along. And a voice came from heaven. You are my Son, whom I love. With you, I am well pleased. That's God's voice. So... This is the the Trinity. We we have Jesus in the waters. We have the Holy Spirit descending on on him like a dove. And we have God the Father. That's the Trinity. Father, Son, Holy Spirit showing up as a result of the heavens being schizoed. Being split open. This is big. Because it was prophesied. This moment was prophesied about 700 years before it even happened by the prophet Isaiah. Isaiah 64.1 Oh that you would rend, that you would tear open the heavens and come down that the mountains would tremble before you. That's this moment. God's people had been clamoring. They had been praying and waiting for this to happen and here it is. And what does God say to Jesus? You are my son whom I love with you, I am well pleased. That is God's approval of Jesus, that he is who he said he is. And a little side note here. This is, this is such a drastic difference from what we are used to. We're so used to this idea that you, you work hard to achieve, to have success. You work hard to get what you want. You work hard and you prove yourself successful. You earn your way there to get things that you strive toward. You put in the work to get approval from a boss. Put in the work to get approval from a client. Put in the work to get approval from a leader. Or to put in the work to get approval from a person that you are romantically interested in. And it worked, didn't it, Gigi? But here... God is approving Jesus before he puts in the work, before he starts preaching, before his public ministry, before he starts healing and teaching, before he even dies on the cross, before all his works, all his ministry, Jesus is already approved by God. I am well pleased already. In the very next verse, Jesus gets sent out to be tempted But here, God is saying, I am very well, I am already well pleased. Now, how did some people in these times, how did some people receive Jesus after he started his works, after he started his public ministry, teaching, preaching, healing? They would say things like, Isn't this that carpenter guy? They would say, Isn't that Mary's son and and, and the brother of James, Joseph, Judas, and Simon? another occasion, somebody said, can anything, they didn't say right? How would you even spell that? But they said, can anything good come from Nazareth? Pharisees and others who, who tried to be holier than thou, they took offense at who Jesus claimed to be. Who does he think he is? How, what has he done? What works has he done to be considered holy? How dare he make such bold claims? This is called works-based holiness versus what we're living in now, grace-based holiness, the true gospel message. So back to the scripture, just to recap. So the heavens were split open. They were schizoed, right? The Spirit, the Holy Spirit shows up and God tells Jesus he is well-pleased and that he loves him. Some of us may, here may be able to recall another time in Jesus' ministry, when something was schizoed, something else was torn apart. And that is at the very end of Jesus' public ministry, the moment he died on the cross for us. Mark 15 37, with a loud cry, Jesus breathed his last. He was on the cross. Verse 38, the curtain of the temple was torn in two, was Schizoed, from top to bottom, same exact word, schizo. Now, in those days, there was a temple that held a place called the Holy of Holies, and there was that was where where God's presence dwelled, where God's presence was, and only the high priest could enter that area once a year. It was covered; it was blocked off, covered by a thick and high curtain. That covered that holy of holies from the people. So this signified that humanity, us humans, we are to keep away, keep separate from the holy of holies. To keep separate from God. To keep away from God's presence because we are sinful. So when Jesus died, that curtain was schizoed, And we can all have access to God. Jesus' sacrifice atoned our sins so we can have access to the Father. Why? Because God sees us all. He wants us all. And he desires for us all to be in his presence so he can say, You are my son. You are my daughter, whom I love. With you, I am well pleased. Regardless of your past, regardless of your present, whatever it is that you're doing, whatever it is that you're into right now, regardless, you are my son, you are my daughter, with you I am well pleased. Regardless of what you're going to do later on, either an hour from now, a day, a week, a month, a year from now, regardless, you are my son, you are my daughter, whom I love With you I am well pleased. Now Mark's not going to let us hang around there too much. He says, verse 12, moving right along. At once the Spirit sent him out into the wilderness. Verse 13, and he was in the wilderness for 40 days being tempted by Satan. He was with the wild animals and angels attended to him. There goes our boy Mark again. A great, amazing, powerful, intimate moment and then this happens. Jesus is being sent out, out into the wilderness. This was, this, signified, uh, th- this was so that Jesus could demonstrate his humanity, to be an example to us, to, to be able to empath- uh, sympathize with us, to do those hard things and resist those hard things that Adam couldn't resist, Adam from Adam and Eve, that he couldn't do. Which is why, you know, he was called the new Adam, right? And to do those things, to resist those temptations that the Israelites could not do when they were tempted in the desert, when they were tested in the desert and struggling in the wilderness for 40 years. And all of this that we just read, that we just talked about, all of this, folks, was done for us, for a relationship with us, for God to be glorified. And all we have to do is receive him as Lord and Savior, and God will say, You are my son, you are my daughter whom I love. With you I am well pleased. That's who Jesus is, and that's what the real Jesus is all about. You know, a lot of us, a lot of folks who will continue to pray throughout the whole year to baby Jesus, and it's like, Did you know that he didn't stay a baby? There's a, lot, there's a lot more that he did. He wasn't just born, and that was it. That was a transaction. There was a lot that he did. So when we talk about, you know, this is a free gift, and we, we, we say it's free. Salvation is free for you. Yes, it's free for us, but we have to, under, in order to appreciate it, we have to understand it was a lot. Huge price. Or as I would like to say, as students remember this, huge mungus. You are my son. You are my daughter. With you, I am well pleased. I love whom I love. With you, I'm well pleased. This is God in human form physically appearing before us. This is all God in human form putting himself in harm's way for us. This is God in human form desiring relationship with us. So, that's a lot. And these verses are a lot. As short and concise as Mark likes to be, That there is a lot there to unpack. So now what? Well, how do we respond? It's simple. Jesus wants us to glorify him, and he desires and yearns for a relationship with us, a real relationship, not just head knowledge, right? I, I know, I know about him. I go to I do my things. I go to church and, you know, I tithe and all this. He yearns for a real, authentic, genuine relationship with you. Jesus being baptized was done for us. The heavens being schizoed, being torn apart was done for us. The Trinity being present for the first time in, in, that, that people can see here on earth, that people can actually witness all three coming together, that was done for us. Jesus being set out into the wilderness and tempted for 40 years for us. Jesus dying on the cross was done for us. The splitting of the curtain was done for us. So yeah, there's a lot there. These verses are a lot. What was required for us to have relationship with God was a lot. And Jesus did it all for us. And all of this is encapsulated in three verses in the book of Hebrew, chapter 4, verse 14. Therefore, since we have a great high priest who has ascended into heaven, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold firmly to the faith we profess. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who has been tempted in every every way, just as we are, yet he did not sin. Let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. I don't know about you, but that sounds like the gospel message to me. The gospel message and how we respond to it. Approach God's throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. As you can see, the gospel isn't about how we can attain eternal life. It's not about what we need to do in order to merit God's approval to please Him or or to gain His love, to earn His love. The gospel is about what Jesus already did for us so we can turn to Him as our Lord and Savior and live in His freedom so we can have access to to God's presence, to God Himself, so we can have God's ear, his attention. Going back to my my, my, my dad, um, I never took him up on that offer. <laughs> Whatever you want to talk about, come to me. Never in my 42 years of living, have I ever approached him or asked him about this topic? See, my dad, before all of this, and some former students, I've talked about this all the time, he was unapproachable. I'd sometimes crack a joke and didn't like it. Sometimes at the dinner table, if you chewed too loudly, he'd get upset. I was very clumsy. I'd spill a drink. He'd get upset, very upset. Didn't see my dad too much after work, but he'd come home late at night for dinner and watch a little bit of TV, and that's pretty much it. Through God's grace, he's a different man now, by the way, serving at a men's ministry at a church with my mom in Puerto Rico, so everything's good now. But before all of this, I, couldn't, I felt like I couldn't approach him. I felt like there was a veil, like there was a big curtain. And it, whenever I approached It was like, I better be careful with what I say, how I say it, what tone, am I too loud, too, very grumpy. But that moment, just knowing that I could approach him to talk about something so personal, so uncomfortable, was very powerful for me. And I still, as you can see, I haven't forgotten about it to this day. It changed my view of my dad for years to come. Wow. So he's, he's not just a dad who provides for his family, who, who works nine to five, and I barely see. And when he does come home, he's kind of grumpy and, and barely speaks to me. My father, he opened that door for me. In that instance, I didn't take him up on that offer. But just knowing that I could was enough for me. Our Heavenly Father schizoed the heavens for us. He schizoed, he tore apart, he opened, he, 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 he split them open for us so that we can approach his throne of grace with confidence. He did that for us. Will you take our Heavenly Father up on that offer? One way to do this is to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior. So uh, I'm going to say a a prayer out loud. If you want to receive Jesus this morning, feel free to repeat after me. For some of us, this will be a reaffirming prayer. For others, it will be the first time that you enter into real relationship with the real Jesus. Let us pray. Jesus, I believe you are the Son of God, that you died on the cross. To rescue me from sin and death. And to restore me to the Father. I choose you now. To turn from my sins. My self-centeredness. And every part of my life that does not please you. I choose you. I give myself to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Now what? Well, again, will you take Jesus up on that offer? Doors are open. You can approach the throne of grace with confidence. Thank you for having me. God bless you.